Welcome back, family. This is your host, Don Suave, with another video to soothe your soul and to break to get some freedom. You know, first and foremost, I'd like to thank everyone who shared, subscribed, commented, liked, just any type of support you did. You know, it's literally free 99 to support. And I appreciate everyone by supporting this channel, my new direction. I just am very much grateful the things I talked about, a couple of people have hit me up saying they, they loved it. They want to talk more. I even got some new coming next year. I'm <laughs> really about this channel as well. So, I mean, it just seems like, you know, everything's an up and up, you know. Just got to be consistent. Like I always tell people, FCHW, faith, consistency, and hard work. So, I first wanted to say thank you to everybody. Now, for this episode, just as you already know, we had three already. We talked about peer pressure. We talked about abandonment, rejection. So now the fourth thing we're going to speak about on this one is identity crisis. Now, we already know when it comes to identity crisis, the question that I uh, see everybody asked, I even asked myself, which was, who are you? Better yet, who am I? Where and who, I, who do I belong to? These questions, like I said, everyone has asked one time or another. So many times when you don't get that assurance of any kind, you tend to find it from somebody or something else. And depending on the person or the item, the assurance can be good or bad. I know, a lot of times we've heard people say, you know, you should have self-confidence. You should be your biggest cheerleader. Wow, yes, that is true. But here's the thing that people don't mention. To have self-confidence, you must first love yourself. And if you won't show love as a youth from a parent or an environment, then how are you going to, how are you going to have self-confidence then? Because when it comes to yourself, you're going to think of worse of yourself a lot of times before confidence even comes to the door. For example, it's like telling a baby to walk before it even crawls. Eventually, it's going to learn to walk, but it must learn from the early stages to do that. See, identity crisis is defined as this. It's a period of uncertainty or confusion in a person's life. It can happen when a person's sense of identity becomes insecure and unstable. And it can happen at any time. It is not, you know, when this part or that part, it can happen anytime. But it usually happens when there's a change in a person's life. I mean, this can include major life changes, trauma, mental health issues, or societal pressures, aka pressures from what you see what you hear from your five senses, like society, yeah, that can that can have an identity crisis on you. Personal experiences, you know, including discrimination and other life events, can also impact individual sense of identity. You know, one thing I always said on this channel for a couple of videos was, you know, your youth. Let's say you you ain't grew up with our parent, or you didn't your parents didn't show you love. You know, a lot to when it comes to this, as a parent, you need to know. It ain't always just about money. I mean, your kids. Nine times out of ten, kids are going to accept money. Kids are going to accept gifts. Kids are going to accept rewards. I mean, it's in the nature. I mean, you're an adult. Even you accept it at times. Whether good or bad, you'll probably still accept it. But the thing about it is, it's the, also the, the time, the role. So if you ain't playing a role as a, as a mother or as a father or even a guardian, anything of that nature, I mean, yeah, while money and gifts can be good, there's nothing like 
having that time from a parent who's showing you the other things in life besides money, your life values, telling you who you are in a good way, not just always pointing out the bad things. I mean, pointing out the good things in life for you. But if you don't have that, when you get older, you start to almost find yourself in other areas, areas that don't that you don't need to be put into. So, these are a little bit of some signs of identity crisis. Three signs could be this: decreased motivation and increased apathy about school, work, or life in general. Basically, like a "I don't care" type of attitude. It is what it is. Attitude that ain't for me. Attitude. You know, those things happens because there's no motivation. And because you don't have no identity, you may think about, well, this person didn't go to school and they get the money. That person didn't go to school and they and they and they're successful. But you're looking at you're looking at the the surface. You're looking at the image. Sometimes they don't you know, you're not going you're not paying attention to the underneath the surface what they went through. Some of the people who are successful and, and made in go to school and have to have kicking for school. They don't tell you how a lot of times that life is hard. I have friends who didn't graduate from school. And while a couple of them had did good, a lot of them, I don't even know where they're at right now. And not because I don't check up on them. It's a reason because they don't do what they were known to do in high school. What it was popular. That popularity can only last for so long. It can only last for, for a while. You may be good in high school, Maybe good at whatever you do, but popular can only get you so long. Because well, every time you have a popular, best believe, jealousy is right around the corner. Because, it's, I mean, just think about it. I know some of y'all may not went through this, but I can tell you stories of how I knew a few people who were, a lot of people liked them, her, they was doing good things, you know, they were, their name was reined up. But there was, a, there was another person on the other side. They didn't. They didn't kick it with them. They didn't like them. And I. And like I said, there's one story that I know. I ain't gonna say no names, but that person got set up. And when that person got set up, that life hit. His life changed because and he was popular as well. But there's always someone gonna be jealous too. There's gonna be envious in it. So, like I said, when you when you think about that kind of things, know the full story. No, don't 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 just. Look at the top part. Scratch that surface. Look underneath and see the realness of it. Number two, feeling overly anxious about long-term career goals, friendship, or other interpersonal relationships. You know, one thing about it, you got to do have a short-term, long-term goal. You know, one of the things they say, what do you see yourself in five years? You know, growing up for me, I didn't, I didn't look at a lot of times life goals and long-term goals. You know my long-term goals? And my mother can tell you this. My friends can tell you this. I just say, I just want to be alive. I just want to be alive. And that was all what I really thought about. Yeah, I had interests and hobbies, but I always just say, I just want to be alive. And yes, now, when that happened, and I got to be alive, living in a life where I am right now, you know, it took me a minute to say, okay, let me get out of that mindset and let me actually do something that is going to benefit me. There's something I, I want to do. 
you know, yes, we all want to live. Well, we should want to live. Yes, we all want our life, but we can't allow just that to just stop us at where we're at and not want to not live. You know, especially in my culture, you know, I don't know anybody else, but I know I like to talk about our culture a lot. We know how to survive. We know how, if things get low, we know how to do certain things here and there to just make it to Friday or make it to paycheck or make it to like the next day. We know how to do that. We know if food get low, hey, you got like a dollar or two dollars instead of going to a fast food restaurant when you know it's going to be more than that. You can go right to a Walmart or a food line back in the day, Farm Fresh or whatever. You'll get yourself five, six packs of noodles right then and there. Back in the day, noodles was like 10 cents. I think now they're like 27 cents. You can take those $2 right then and there. And you basically got about 20 to 25 packs of noodles. And let's say you don't want that much. Man, you can take that same $2, get you 10, pack, uh, 10 packs of noodles, go right to a dollar store, and they sell food there. They got like a hot dog for a dollar and uh, right now it's a dollar twenty-five. Well, it used to be like a dollar. You want to pay a dollar five? You now you just got some noodles. You got some hot dogs. And maybe say you don't have a pan, or maybe you do got a pan or a bowl or something. You put that thing out microwave right there. Five six minutes. Noodles hot. You could put the the. This is what you we used to do sometimes. You could put a hot dog in a pot, boil it. And then right then they put it inside the, the 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 noodles. You got yourself a noodles and hot dogs right there. And then you eat that, you be good for a few hours. So like I said, well, we know how to survive. It's the living part. We need to learn how to live. One thing we need to get out of, and I used to say this as, as a kid too, we pray for the best, but we expect the worst. And a lot of times we need to get over that, being anxious about this stuff. We need, we need to be past that. Because this life, it, it, this life is what you make it. It is what it is. You know, Proverbs 18, 21 said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, you know, what are you doing with your tongue? Are you speaking death to situations, speaking life to situations? You know, even James said uh, about the tongue, blessings and curses come from the tongue. So my thing is, what you speaking? You got to speak positive. You got to speak life. And yes, I know at when depending on how when you grew up, depending on how your life was, it's so it's easy to speak death. That's why a lot of times you look in the Bible, white a lot of times death is in front of life. Death and life and the power of the tongue. Some some Bibles got a reverse, but if you look at the King James, New King James, and other majority of Bibles, death and life, because it's easy. It's easy to speak up. It's easy to speak what you see in front of your front of your eyes. It's easy to say, you know, we not gonna make it, or this ain't gonna work, or that ain't gonna work. You know, it's easy to say that. And the reason why a lot of times it's easy to say that because it puts you in a mindset and it puts you in a mode that if something good happens, it's shocking, it's unexpected, and you don't have so much of an expectation for it. So if something bad happens, you could be like, okay, I kind of expected that. But don't you always want to expect goodness? And yes, I know sometimes it's hard to get to that part, but you got to expect goodness. You got to expect blessings. You got to expect that kind of things. You got to expect life. This life that you got to speak positive. This life that you got to speak life into situations. That's what. And and, and if you look in the Bible, especially in the word teachers of Christ, and and then uh, teachers of uh, the letters through Paul, you it's your words. Speak life. Don't speak a lot of time. Don't speak death. 
speak if you're gonna speak death speak death for the things that try to to tear you down rebuke those things death to impure thoughts life to purity life to the stuff that god has for you speak those things and another third one which i'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this even more is a feeling a lack of belonging among your peers family and co-workers so this explains why people put more value into either materials jobs and other things more than themselves see if you don't love yourself then how can you know yourself so you put yourself in situa different situations and you will let those situations be your identity. My, me personally, you know, when I was growing up, I I was with my family, you know, my mother, my brother. You know, like y'all know about the thing about my dad. But another thing I used to I used to flirt with a lot growing up was street stuff. A lot. I growing up in Newport News, I knew few I knew gangs. I did. Mostly I knew it was Bloods. And I used to, for some odd reason, I did. I used to just chill with them. I used to talk to them. You know, one thing I used to do was I used to do my best to separate my family life from what I was doing outside. So there's a lot of things that they don't know I did that I done. And only people who know what I did on the other side, of course, number one is God. And two, it's those people that I was with. And I try and I try to separate this up because you know you never want those two worlds to blend in with each other. You know, even though I had my issues with my brother or my mother and stuff like that, I never wanted to to, to see what I was doing out there. I never wanted to see what I what you know the shame or anything that could be brought because if anybody know the rules, anybody know how people can get really you know demonic with it. Is like if I can't find you, or I, you know, if I have issues with somebody, if I can't get to you, well, the next thing I I would do is go after your family, and when I go after your family, you're gonna it's gonna draw you out of the cave to come to have you come looking for me. When well, in turn, I was looking for you. So basically, we got a mutual decision to look for each other. So when at times where I was doing little crazy stuff or whatever. I would make sure that they didn't know. And I thank God that I was de getting delivered from that, that he protected, that he covered from a lot of that stuff. You know, because none of that bled onto my family life. And I, and, I, and I thank God for that. But what like I said before, my testimony for identity crisis was that, you know, I was, I, I, I hung around, I hung around a lot of people that, you know, some people would be scared of, you know, that, that, that had their, their share of things in the streets. And then when I say I was doing it with them and having fun with them because they was, you know, they was cool with it. I was getting the attention that I, I really wanted, especially from guys, you know, dudes, because, you know, you got these dudes that were that name ring in the areas it was at, that you got dudes that was, you know, moving, moving that, that product from up north to that to down here. And it was traveling. They, they had a job, but they're still doing some stuff as well. Some that had a job was just straight in it. And I was with them. And they used to call me the little homie. You know, they, or they, and then when I grew up, you know, I started to like still chilling. But at the same time, I, they always used to tell me, and I, it took me until I got older to understand it. 
You have to be the smart guy on the block. You have to be the guy that does his work, goes to school, you know, do all the things you're supposed to do. So that fact that, you know, yeah, we they, they always going to be here, but you got to do something better with your life. And, and I ain't going to lie. It, I loved it. I love, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I did love it. You know, I did seeing, I saw fights. I saw a lot of stuff that I don't, that, that, that I, if I could, I'm not, that I can tell. I saw a lot of stuff. But I just thank God that as a 36-year-old dude, I made it to this age. And I got a few people who didn't make it to this age. I got a friend who literally, you know, who, who got killed, you know, in another state. I have people that I knew got, you know, did not make it. And I thank God that he allowed me to see this life so... You know, when I used to always say, I just want to be alive. Well, now you're alive, so what you want to do now? You know, yeah, you you found yourself in, you know, your job, or you found yourself in, you know, people. You know, you look for validation from people. You look for validation from your job. You know, you was, even when you're getting older, I was still looking for that acceptance period because I didn't even know, real talk, that's the, I didn't even know me. Because I was so busy trying to please everybody else, whether it was good or bad, that I literally said, okay, what about me? What do I like? What are my interests? I should say, I should take a stand for myself. I don't like that. And it took a long time for that to happen for me. But that was because of my identity. I didn't know who I was. And when I started to read the Bible, when I started to pray, when I started to, you know, go to church and I started to learn for myself, because the Bible said to study to show yourself approved. Not man, not animals, not animals but show show to show yourself the truth. You got to study. Meditate on day and night. You gotta do that. So when I started to do that, I started to see that, okay, this is what God thinks of me. This is what he said that you know, when he was like, greatest he is in you that he is in this world. I don't wait you through all the time. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, he give you a lot of assurance to let you know that your identity with me is solidified. And this is the thing, this is what I want to talk to y'all about is the fact that if you have an identity crisis, if you don't know who yourself is, my advice to you is literally, I would say ask God, you know, or what I did was I took a piece of paper and I wrote down things I like, things I don't like, things I have questions on, things I want no answers on. I, I literally took a whole book and was writing it down. Then I was writing down what I want to do with my life. What do I see myself at? I, you know, you, sometimes you, if you just, you know, let that movie leave the world behind, just, just leave the world behind and literally be like, take some time for yourself. Because one thing I've learned and this is one thing I, I say a lot is if don't let this life pass you by and then you get to an age where it's like, okay, what do I do now? You know, I wish I wish I had this chance to, to to think about this stuff when I was when I was in my teens and my late my twenties, whatever. Because now when you're in your thirties and you start to realize what you like and what you love, you know, it's almost feel like a rush. 
even though you know you you know you in the world eyes and people out you they were like you're still young but to you it's like you know for a fact that any day now cabin so you live to your fullest you know the boss said tomorrow's not promised but today is the day of salvation so i have a share of i, I have my share of identity crisis i had a lot i had a big share of it and in turn if i did a lot of things that i'm not proud of but i thank god all those stuff that i did do all that stuff i went through all the issues that what was the, what the devil made for bad, he turned around for my good. That's what he did. So now, you know, if someone was to come in and dress to me, talk to me about identity crisis, talk to me about certain things that I spoke about on this channel, channel was abandonment, rejection, peer pressure. I can say I dealt that. I dealt with it. And yet it, it, it took a minute to, to get delivered from it. And But the thing about deliverance, it's a process until you're finally delivered. But it's always a process. And I can talk to them exactly what happened with me and what was what I can do, what, what, my advice to them, what they could do to get out of it. So like I said, I always like to do this. Um, I like to bring out scriptures to help people out. You know, for this one, we're going to start with this scripture. It is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it states, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This basically saying that Paul emphasized that every believer was created for good works, which signifies that God has a plan and a purpose for each life. This means we should walk in his will and fulfill his plan, which is a state of true divine happiness. See, the thing about it is you weren't, you weren't a mistake. You wasn't a mistake. Listen clearly, you wasn't a mistake. You was here for a appointed time. You was here for for a time that God still could use you. Yes, it may it, things may went to you like you saying yourself, well, why this happened? Why this happened? You know, God has a plan for for it all. He has a plan. He don't do things all willy nilly. He has a purpose for your life. You know, and the best thing to do is ask Him, what is the purpose for my life? Now you not in the Bible it shows you some good things. You know, say. Of course, the Great Commission was share the gospel, you know, live in Christ. As it said, walk in his will and fulfill his plan. That's get true happiness because when you do that kind of things, you walk in his plan and fulfill and walk in his will, you'll see that every good gift and perfect gift comes from him. That you'll see that he walks with you every day. You'll see that he has blessings on the way for you. You'll see that that every that your ears have not heard, your eyes have not seen, no enter the heart of man we have prepared for you. You'll see that God as a father proves to you just who he is. He'll, he does that every day for you. So once again, you're not a mistake. Psalm 139.14 I will give thanks and praise to you for I fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it well. Let's go back to your identity. Know that you was taking time to make. We're not just talking about your mom and dad and y'all. They did that thing. You're coming out. We we talking about. We, we gotta go more than that. Fearfully, wonderfully made. That means he made sure that when he made you, he made you 
according to his purpose to his plan he took time with you he made sure to put you in the right state he made sure that when he made you that you are wonderful that you have purpose that you are great in his eyes that you are loved so much that you can't even fathom it that you are protected that you have everything he needs for you to have that he's going to be there for you that means you're never alone wonderful the, the heavenly father made you and it was wonderful that he made you so don't allow this world or the enemy to tear you down and take you away from what he made you out to be. Don't let the enemy tell you different than what God tells you. Remember, he is the father of lies. He is the deceptive one. He is the accuser of brethren. Don't let the enemy tell you different than what God tells you. I mean, for goodness sake, God cast him out of heaven with the blink of an eye. So, you know, and God is not a man that shall lie, no son of man that shall repent. So if God tells you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you could bet your bottom dollar that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Number three, Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is telling you that, once again, that you are a mistake. He's about form. You were formed in the womb of your mother. He knew you and approved you. That's your acceptance. That's your approval. God approves you. I don't care what anybody else think. I don't care what anybody else feel. I don't care what anybody has a thought of you. God, the Father, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tishkenu, the, the great I Am said he approved you to be his chosen instrument and he said before you were born he consecrated you to himself as his own you belong to god you are a property of god don't let those world don't let the enemy let you tell you that you are alone that you don't belong to nobody you first and foremost when god formed you and made you he wanted you to know that you belongs to him that that is your father now it'd be on us to walk away and be on us to do our own thing Remember that. You got also a perfect gentleman, too. You want to do that? He allows you to do that. But always know, every decision, every decision has a repercussion, has a consequence. Every cause has an effect. Every action has a reaction. Always remember that. But he's a perfect gentleman. And throughout time, he will try to find ways to get you back to him. Well, it's ultimately on us. Isaiah 41.10 and I do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, of salvation. God is your Batman. In the name of justice. <laughs> no, before it said, do not fear anything, for he's with you. You were made more than a conqueror. You were made ahead, not to tell. You were made above and not beneath. Do you realize that? Do you realize that he's always with you? He, he will strengthen you. 
And he said, be assured, I will help you. If you ask God for help, he will be there to help you. See, I, and then, but I get it. Sometimes, you know, you'll be like, well, I need help right there. See, but here's the thing about it. God's thoughts is not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts are higher. But when you ask God for help, best believe, God will form us a way for to help you out. And it may not always be money. It could be favor. See, a lot of times people always think about money. You know, when they, you know, they give an offer to, they always think about money. Sometimes it ain't always about money. It could be your health being, being the right standard. It could be, uh, like I said, relations get renewed. It could be favor. Favor can come. Let me tell y'all something. Favor on your life from God can put you in places money can't, can't always put you at. Favor can put you in front of mighty men. Favor can put you in places and you don't know how you even got there. Favor can make you a leader. Favor could, could you know, where everything is, is starting to be chaos around you. But for some odd reason, you're still standing because you have the favor of God. So just think about, it ain't always about money. It ain't always about money you get in your pocket, your bank account, because let's be real. Being rich ain't always that fun because being rich has a price. That's why I tell everybody, you'd rather be wealthy. Because when you're wealthy, you have residual. When you're rich, you have a price. You have an amount. And that might go right quicker. And then another thing is, the base, can, the government can take your money whenever they real fit to. I mean, let's be real. The stock market can crash. Bank is going to go out. That's why I tell you, I say, I have insurance. That's why I say, you know, if you put money in stocks, and stocks is good. But why would the stock market to crash? Or the stocks ain't coming in. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, you put, that's why, you know, you put your identity in money. As people put their identity in money and jewels and stuff, and when that thing goes away, what are they le left with? You, I mean, yeah, granted, it, it may be fun at times, five, ten years. It may be fun that you have all this money. But look at a lot of the hustlers. Look at a lot of the, the, the gangsters. Look at a lot of these guys that tell their stories about these dudes that have cars left and right, have money left and right, and when it all falls down, look what happens to them. Some of these guys walk away broke. Some of these guys don't even walk in it. We know, look at Frank Lucas in a wheelchair before he died. Look at the story of Freeway Ricky Ross. Look at all these, look at all these guys that have money when they put their value in their jewels, their value in their suits, and when it all comes crashing down, and don't have anything, look what happens to them then. Then you see a lot of these dudes actually go and talk to some kids and they would tell them, which is funny, but in the aspect is, you know, it's real. Don't be like me. Don't do what I do. Don't, 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 just because, you know, you may hear stories and this and that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I had that. But at the end, don't do what I do. Don't be like me. There's so many guys, you can, you can look, look at American gangster shows, whatever, and see what happened to these guys. You know, one dude even told me the exact same thing. This dude was a, I mean, he was a, he was a player. Sex with multiple women. Brag, I mean, he was getting them. He was, he was, he was getting them. I ain't not gonna lie. And then when I used to be around him, I used to, you know, I, a part of me used to be like, well, I want to, I want to get like that. You know, this dude had a dad to tell me, don't be like me. Don't, don't do what I do. Be better. And you look at like, 
are you going to tell me not to do something and you're doing it? Because they're telling them, like, yeah, this is my life, but I want you to be better than me. Because the younger generation got to be better than the older generation. But this goes back to what it says that he will, uh, he will hold you with his righteous right hand. God will help hold you when you cry, when you don't know where to go, when you need help with your esteem, your confidence. He's there to hold you with his righteous right hand to uplift you, to, break, to, 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 to pick your chin back up and tell you to keep on going. And the last one, Philippians 1 and 6. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. God has, be, has begun a process of sanctification in each person's life as a child of God who trusts in Jesus. God will continue to the work of salvation in people regardless of circumstances. God will keep people in faith and not let go of them even after death. God is the author and finisher of the good work he started in people so that they can reach spiritual maturity. The work that Paul said in Philippians refers to the work of new birth in Christ, which leads to salvation. And he has high hopes that the church of Philippi will continue to mature and strengthen their relationship with Christ. But as for you, what he begun, it will be perfected and completed until the day of Christ Jesus. So just know that the work he begun in you will be, will be taken care of. Know that God got your back. And know that for real, that if you ever have identity crisis once again, if you will know who you are, ask God. If you know what you are, ask God. If you will know who you belong to, ask God. Pray about it. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and his face. Be like David. Be a man after his own heart. Do that kind of things for God and see exactly. See exactly who you are. And you will find out that every new creation you're a new creation in Christ where the old days are passed away and behold you are new and that's my time with identity crisis I'll pray hope you got something out of this please don't forget to subscribe share like and comment also support you know with 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 the podcast as well with the exact same title Don Suave the last podcast what's good this is your host, Don Suave, and until next time, I see you. Peace.